follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. I introduced myself to Caleb. I, I said, am Carl Williams. <laughs> and I said, and, and then I explained, I said, look, we've, we've been doing the show for a long time. We're right down the hall here. We'd love to have you on. We're going on the air in a matter of minutes. Can you come on with us with the Bears flagship station? He goes, you know what? I'd love to do it with you maybe in the future. Oh, there you go. And I said, look, I got my phone right here. Can I do a couple of questions with you on video? And he said, what do you want to ask me? And I said, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about Chicago, some of the stuff that you, you discussed on, on ESPN yesterday. He says, you know what, let's just do that in the future as well. All right, all right. And then I said, what if I could I just go, hump your leg once? I said, can I measure you to see if you're a solid 6'1", <laughs> and then we can get a selfie. You didn't say that, did you? What you No, no, I didn't say that. And he said, absolutely. And, and he was all about the awesome. selfie. And awesome. he was very cool, and it was like a solid few minutes. So and he wasn't it was, being a dick. He was not a dick. He was, and, then, and then so then I went back to go get my stuff. And yeah. see Weeder, and Weeder was like, "I'm sorry, I thought that was Carl, because Weeder was the one yeah. who told oh, me it was Carl." Yeah. You know what? Weeder's Weeder. working for the other team. Weeder. Weeder did that on purpose. On. So as I doubled back, I had to then go back the other way again to come back here, and and they had stopped again. Oh yeah, to have a stop and chat, Caleb, and and and, and you and said, then, "I got a better question." Caleb saw me again. And he stopped, and he pointed at me, and he goes, Stay away. Great to meet you. That's right. It was a fun day yesterday, and uh, we had an even better day today. And uh, as we wrap up Combine Week here, brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota dealers, Toyota, let's go places. And we will be going back to the city in the brand-new Toyota Sequoia. On the way home, we have had a blast. We have met a lot of people. We have seen a lot of people. We have talked to a lot of people. We have listened to a lot of people. And uh, we're trying to find out uh, what the Bears are up to. And a lot of people are trying to figure out what the Bears are up to because... That is center of the NFL universe right now. They are. They are. Um, as everyone's saying, they, this is like the Bears Super Bowl right now. <laughs> this is it. Uh, the one and the nine, and um, trying to figure out if a trade's going to go down for Justin Fields, and if so, when. So, uh, welcome in on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Now that the White Sox and Cubs are done, we've been broadcasting all afternoon on our YouTube channel. It's YouTube. And search ESPN Chicago. A lot of people have gone there for the first time. If you do go there, make sure you subscribe. You can always watch and listen live. And then you can also catch up on all the shows that you want to catch up on and get some highlights there. You can also watch us on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. And also you can always take us with you, whether you're in town or out of town, on the ESPN Chicago app. You got a full hour of Jeff Joniak, Voice of the Bears, earlier today if you did that. Yeah, that was really good. It was fun stuff. So if you've been away uh, because you have not been able to stream us, will that be podcast too in a normal podcast? So, so the full show, and we were uh, uninterrupted That's right. for, for, for a long time. So you'll be able to get more of a podcast than usually. Got my bladder a workout. 
Yes. Two hours. That is true. Man my age shouldn't have to wait two hours to go to the men's room. But it happened. <laughs> That's right. Patrick Finley does really good stuff. And then after we hear from Patrick Finley, and he'll describe exactly what went down with Caleb Williams today with the press conference. He does a great job of describing everything. He's he's very good. Yeah. Patrick Finley for the Sun-Times does great work. He's been on the Bears beat for a while and he joined us in person a little bit earlier in the day. So uh, this was Finley earlier today on the Waddle and Sylvie show. Waddle and Sylvie at the Combine. And we're talking to our friend Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times. Last man standing. I think you're the last guy from Chicago I've seen still still around here. I'm here another 18 hours. So. <laughs> and you looked at us and you said, uh, I'm ready to go home. Yes, the Combine is a test of endurance and uh uh, we're I, I'm reaching the end. I'm reaching my breaking point. How how like we we've been here a short time. It was like in and out for us, 48 hours. But even us, like people here on Radio Row, have approached us and the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. Have you like experienced that where everybody wants to talk to you about the Bears? Yeah, it's a little different than when they went what three times in four years without having a first round pick. Right, and we just come down here and you know they talk to fourth you. round running backs. Yeah, that's all people want to talk about. Uh, whether it's writers, whether it's people in the game, uh, they want to know what we know, and we want to know what they know. And I think there's a pretty clear consensus that it's Caleb Williams. Uh, but, boy, it makes for a fun conversation, whether it's over dinner or late at night uh, over a drink. Before we get to what you've learned since you've been here, what is your opinion on what, A, you think they'll do and what you think they should do? I think they should draft Caleb Williams. I, I think that... When you've gone 104 years without a great quarterback, maybe a couple good quarterbacks, but no great quarterback, bringing in somebody as iconoclastic as Caleb Williams might not be a bad thing. Right. I think that that might work. I think that's what they're going to do as well. You know, you listen to them talk to us uh, earlier in the week about Justin Fields. They say the kinds of things Ryan Paul said on the record about finding Justin a good landing spot. You don't talk like that and then bring Justin Fields back. I've heard people argue that maybe you should keep both of them or maybe you should trade both the pick and Justin. Uh, and, boy, I would hate to be the GM that comes out of this draft with Bo Nix, a bunch of draft picks, and no Justin Fields. Yeah. That seems like the worst possible scenario. We're talking to Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times. Um, paint the picture of what it was like uh, for the media scrum uh, when Caleb Williams spoke? Well, he spoke at about 9 a.m. on Friday. I got there at 7.30, uh, thinking that I'd be able to box out. There were maybe five other people from the Chicago media who had beaten me there. So we were set up. We were tailgating for Caleb Williams. <laughs> and we thought there'd be a ton of people because at the one podium, podium four, uh, was Marvin Harrison, allegedly, uh, and then uh, Jaden Daniels, then Drake May, then Caleb Williams, uh, and... You know, we figured, oh, there'll be a thousand people there. There was for Caleb Williams. The other guys got far less attendance, but I think I was in row two, managed to yeah. squeeze in three questions. And the Chicago Media Corps, when you go back and listen to that press conference, we're asking eighty percent of the questions. I thought we did pretty well for ourselves. Uh, it was it was exciting. It's strange that it was that exciting on a Friday, <laughs> because usually this combine burns pretty hot and then peters out. But for us, it was the, the highlight of the thing. What did you in What you make of what he had to say? How'd you interpret his reaction to all the questions that were asked? I thought he was good. Yeah, uh, he said it out loud. He does not like doing this. He does not like giving interviews. I thought he was clear. I thought he was forceful without being 
too hard-edged about it. I think back to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had a similar situation a couple years back where he wanted to do things a certain way. And I remember that press conference and him being very um, a, a little more combative. Uh, this was not like that. He but with that said, do you believe that, let's just play this out, they draft him, they bring him to Chicago. Do you believe with him making that statement that there may be a difficult adjustment? Because this isn't USC where Lincoln Riley can, can kind of protect you. You're going to be expected to talk, and you're going to be held accountable, and you can't shop your services to anybody else after one year like you can in, in, in the, the collegiate game. Yes, and that will be on the Bears and, and the Bears, not only their front office, but their PR department, their marketing department, to make sure that he understands that he has to do this right. and to make sure that he understands that it's more trouble than it's worth when you fight it. I think, you know, you ask anybody who's been uh, on the Bears the last, I mean, I've been here 11 years, you know, the issues come when you fight the post-game availability or when you skip out or when you're Khalil Mack and there's a PR guy running after you in the parking lot because you were supposed <laughs> to give an interview and now you're not uh, going up there and having as honest of a conversation as you can is usually the easiest way out of this right. and I, I think he'll be uh, I think he'll be okay Lincoln Riley you make a good point uh, there are stories about Lincoln Riley and what the USC football players were uh, allowed to get away with in terms of shirking media yeah. uh, that happens in some other places there's some SEC schools that Bears have gotten players from and they sit there and go we've never done a one-on-one before and, and you sit there and go how does that prepare a college player for the NFL. It, it doesn't, and it, I, I realize I have a dog in this fight, but it drives me crazy that they don't do all they can right. to prepare you for the media onslaught that's going to happen. And then, like, his first question was the question about him possibly being scared to compete. <laughs> Is that what it was? Uh, some, and who asked that question? I don't know. Some guy shouted it from the back and shouted it in an accusatory way, essentially asking whether he was a coward because he wasn't going to throw at the combine. I'm of the belief that as a reporter, you can either try and get an answer or try and get a reaction. I am usually team answer yeah. because I, I'm, I'm not there to agitate unless it's needed. Oh. This was team This was team agitation yeah. here. And I don't know what you gain from that. He didn't give a good answer because of it at all. He later came around and explained, okay, here's why I'm not going to do the medical thing. Here's why I didn't want to throw. And it was pretty insightful about it. But, boy, when your first question is that grenade from 50 yards away, <laughs> I, I give him credit for not, uh, uh, for not being more upset. Somebody on Twitter, I think it was Charles Robinson, wrote this and said, he should have thrown a shoe at the guy. <laughs> and, 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 and I do not endorse any athlete on reporter violence, believe me, but uh, I wouldn't have been, uh, I wouldn't have been uh, too upset if that would have happened. Well, so I want to know when the agitation route is needed. <laughs> Wait, give us an example in the past when you feel someone on the Bears beat needed to be agitated. Well, uh, somebody, well, the one, one I can think of that I, I love because this encapsulates Nag, Matt Nagy really well was it was before practice and, and there was a quarterback injury. I think it was Andy Dalton. And we said, all right, what about Dalton? And he kind of said, well, you'll see when you guys go out there. And he wasn't going to give a press conference afterwards, so it was now. And in the front row, I literally just threw my hands in the air and looked at him. <laughs> And nobody, nobody said a word, and we all just kind of stared at him for 10 seconds. Then he goes, gosh, guys, okay. And then explained everything to us. Uh, that, that was very uh, want-to-be-liked Matt Nagy moment right there, and, and uh, that's a nice way. I, I don't – it was a stunt to me what happened today, and maybe that's funny to us when it's somebody else's 
prospect, but when it's the guy that I've been camping out to see for an hour and a half, uh, I didn't appreciate it. Give me your thoughts on this team in general, where they sit right now, where they're headed, and also inside that, rewind a little bit. And Were you surprised that Matt Eberflus maintained his position as the head coach? And What do you think of, of Ryan's decision to, to maintain that stability? In the, in the last month of the season, I thought that they were going to keep him. My wife and I were planning on going on vacation uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. I did not buy airline tickets <laughs> until he got the all clear. Right. So I can sit here and tell you that I believed 100% he'd be back, but I, I left that open. Right. And uh, so, no, it wasn't surprising to me. I think that he faces now a must-win season, and that's a really weird spot to be in. You know, if you have Caleb Williams or some or another rookie quarterback, most likely Caleb, coming in. And having to win games and develop him at the same time, uh, the reason we know that's an awkward situation is because that's what the Bears have done the last two times. Right, which is, Patrick, which is why we always talked about, listen, we got respect for what Matt did and, and keeping things on track. But if you're going to upgrade at center and you're going to upgrade at quarterback and you're going to upgrade over here, especially with the available you know, head coaching guys out there, I was just—I'm not surprised, but I just—it left me with some questions. There's a parallel, I think, to the Justin Fields thing. If the Bears weren't drafting first overall, I think you could argue that Justin should stick around. Maybe if Bill Belichick wasn't available, maybe you could argue, uh, or or Mike Vrabel, maybe more realistically, maybe you could argue uh, that Matt should stay. I'll say this: the Bears' defense with Eberflus as the play caller was the single best aspect of the Bears since Vic Fangio in 2018. I mean, that's five years. So I can understand the rationale that you love him as a play caller, you like him as a coach, and you think that stability is a good thing. I think last offseason, uh, or no, what's the stat? It's something like 29 of 32 offensive coordinators have been changed in three years. They have all yes. got, they're yes. all new. Okay, they're, they're all, all new. new I think yep. Cincinnati, when, when Cincinnati's that, that lost their guy, that was a complete turnover of every offensive coordinator league in the last three years. In three seasons, you're right. And, you know, we were laughing last night that, you know, Luke Getze got another job. Uh, there was maybe one other guy who got fired and got another offensive coordinator job. But usually this gets cycled through with quarterbacks, coaches who are allowed to call plays and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the NFL is not a stable place right now. I can understand trying to form a stable lane if you're the Bears. Now, if they go 6-11 and 11 next year, you got to start over, don't you? Wow. And then, like... You, but the, 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 then you're repeating it. That's what I mean. Like, I was thinking while you were talking about it until you got to the 6-11, and 11, like, how much is much must win? Right. You know what I mean? Because the way he still glows about him, and we had him on the other day, and I said, who's your Andy Reid? And I don't mean, like, who's your head coach? Because, like, the famous story that Nagy always told that Brett Veach um, needed the affirmation of Andy Reid to approve um, Patrick Mahomes, that it wasn't just the personnel people that needed to say, this is our guy. Of course it's Andy Reid. He touches everything. So who's going to be the guy that Ryan Poles looks to and say, Caleb Williams is it, dude. This is the guy that we've got to pull the trigger on. And, and he raved about Eberflus. I, th- I think it's Ian Cunningham. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and maybe you need that person in the coaching staff, and maybe it is Eberflus. But, but if you're asking me, I mean, I think Ian Cunningham is, is the person who has to be the one who pushes or, or the one who agrees with Ryan Pulse. You mentioned Andy Reid. That's not 
I mean, that is rare now. Ten years ago, that was what all the great coaches did. Sure. Now it's far more of a top-down approach. It could have been Harbaugh, though. Yeah. Could've Harbaugh's been. that type of guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, whether it's Belichick or Harbaugh, I think the lesson you got to take away from this is if you think if you're a GM and if you think the head coach you're hiring uh, wants to be either his own GM or bring in a friend to be the GM yeah. or or not take over your job, job security. Team, it's not good for job security and uh, and if I don't blame like look at at Atlanta. I don't blame the executives in Atlanta, some of which we're familiar with. I I don't blame them for pushing back a little bit on Bill Belichick because right. You know, it would turn into Bill Belichick, and then these guys would either be out of a job or minimized. Okay, so this is where we are. Uh, Matt's the coach. You've got the first overall selection. You've got a bunch of money in free agency. You've got a seven and ten season coming off a seven and ten season. What do you think of this organization going forward? I think the team can be pretty good. I, I think the organization we need to okay the team. The team. <laughs> the team. I, the team. I, I think that. If you draft Caleb Williams and a wide receiver in the first round, I think that's a great place to start. I think in free agency, if they can find that edge rusher, and I realize it's easier said than done, and even the edge rushers we think will be available might not be in three weeks. I think if you can find an edge rusher in free agency, I think you can replace a safety on the cheap probably, uh, and, and you're good defensively. I think they're in position to do some Pretty exciting stuff. Need a center. And, yeah, if they need a center, and they could go pay a center. That's fine. Uh, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if they had a second-round pick. Maybe they get one for Justin, and that might enable you uh, to know that you're going to add a starter at the end of April uh, with that pick. I think when I talked to you guys last time, I went out of my way to say this because I really believe it. This is a fun time to be a Bears fan. And what's frustrating to me is the Bears fans in my life aren't treating it like a fun time. They're such treat- a great point. They're treating it like civil war. Yeah. And my God, if you can't enjoy having the number one and the number nine pick, what are we doing? I mean, it's March, but th- this is as happy as Bears fans should should have felt in what, five, six years? It's yeah. Bears PTSD, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's like people don't want to get hurt again. People are people are scared. People are scorned from the quarterback stuff that you were mentioning at the top here of the 104 years of really bad quarterbacks and a couple of good ones. Yes, yeah. yeah, and I would I would say this, uh, and you know I in my, in my personal life I'm a San Diego Padres fan. They have never won anything, and there is a very short list of teams in the four major sports who have never won anything, and the Padres are on it. If I wanted them to not break my heart. I'd have to walk away. If you're a Bears fan, if you don't want to get your heart broken, walk away. Otherwise, it just kind of comes with the territory. And it's agonizing, but that's kind of what makes this great, too, is your day should be ruined when your quarterback throws three interceptions. Like, you know, my day, my year was ruined when the Padres spent so much money and uh, could barely hustle out a winning record at the end by winning 14 of 16 to end the season. Are, Are you puzzled by the passion not equating to the production with regard to Justin. There's a lot to like about Justin, and we've talked about it ad nauseum. So many things, so many great attributes, him as a a player, as a person, whatever the case may be. But I think if you look at it with a degree of sensibility and you're being honest and fair, it hasn't been good enough consistently enough, and it hasn't been all his fault. But when you look at the passion from some of the fans versus the production, they don't intersect. You can't make an argument that it's working full stop full stop now justin makes it easy to have that discussion because you know what he is the hardest working guy in the building yeah he's the guy in the building that everybody from his bosses to the last guy on the roster respects he doesn't go usually on instagram and 
post dumb things. Uh, there's no circus with him. There's no drama with him. And, you know, Caleb Williams, as good as I think he's going to be, boy, he's probably going to be a lot more work for us on that end because there's going to be stuff that bubbles up that's going to make him a little more high-maintenance than Justin. I think you can appreciate all of that about Justin, but that can't get you to the conclusion that it's working right? because it's not. Right. Well said. So, so when do you think uh, this comes to the conclusion? Uh, by next Friday, will Justin Fields still be a bear? Well, next Friday was the day that the Panthers trade was made, if I, if I remember That's correctly. That's the anniversary. Yeah, it was, the, well, it was the Friday after the end of the combine. Yeah, I would say before free agency, I'd expect them to trade Justin. Uh, like I said, you I don't think there's any unringing the bell when you talk about trying to find Justin a soft landing spot. Yeah. So next Friday, and do you believe that it will be for that second that you alluded to? Because there's a lot of talk that maybe it's just the Falcons here. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, if it's a bad team, I don't think it'll be a second because that's a really good draft pick. So maybe there's you know some sort of split in the baby there where maybe you get a three and there's a conditional in 2025 if he plays well, something like that. Maybe the Bears have to cough up a f- six you know, to, to get, get it to something like that. Boy, you know, in in this mock draft time of year, I've had a lot of fun trying to find out how I can get Justin Fields to the Patriots along with the nine for the three oh, to boy. take Marvin Harrison and pair uh, oh, him with. I'm afraid to say there's no way. To there's no way. <laughs> I looked hey, into it. <laughs> you're great at what you do. Keep up the fantastic work, and we love talking love to you. Love having you. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, yeah. man. Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times there with Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. com slash J-O-Y. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. It's time for Aki's A-List. From the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world. Aki's A-List. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. The Friday edition. We've made it to the weekend. Tyler's got the questions. We'll try to provide the answers. What you got today? All right, so Caleb Williams was the talk of the Combine today and really all week. And he met the media today, had a lot of different things that he hit on today. But it's really the first time we've heard from Caleb Williams since the end of his career at USC. He had the little piece with Pete Thamel the other day. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's been largely radio silence for, from the offseason for Caleb Williams. And there's been so many different reports that have been flying around about him, his character, all that stuff. But now that we sit on the other side of the combine here, do you feel like Caleb Williams has answered more questions or is there still skepticism out there about him as a person? For me, he's answered more questions because I've never heard him talk. Never heard his voice, I don't think. And I don't believe that means I'm not guaranteeing you now that he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm just saying, like, I didn't necessarily have any big questions about him as a person. But, like... I I think Finley, though, said it best that there will still be moments that are going to flare up if he is the quarterback and Justin isn't that will be... 
there there will be issues. Like, there will be more bumpy roads ahead. Yes, yeah. yes. I, sure. Like, again, I, and I think a lot of athletes have this. Like, I, I, I think there's a healthy ego involved here. Absolutely. And I don't necessarily think that's a horrible thing. Right. Um, but, like, I... As I said, I thought that there was more. Can he spin it. There was more to lose if he his presentation sucked than there was to gain to win, if his yeah. presentation was good. Fine, you checked the box. I'm cool with it. I thought he handled himself well. I thought he handled himself with class and maturity. I'm glad to hear him, you know, present himself the way he did today versus had he not done what he did today. Did uh, Charlie? Let me know when you have put in the pro football. Talk, uh, sound clip. If let me know when that's in, because I want to play that. Because again, to me, like an answer that he gave there is is more of the stuff that I like to hear than about like answering whether or not he's a good person. Or it's just it's another illustration. This answer that I want to play a little in a little bit has to do more with the work ethic and him as a student of the game. I like guys who yeah. want to get in the lab and want to be students of the game. Yeah, I, and, and like I guess maybe to amplify what I was saying as well, he said a lot of stuff that was appealing to me about wanting to, you know, to make his mark in this league, win games. It was all about winning and making a difference and rewriting history and stuff like that. Some of it's cliche, I get it, but it was better than what the alternative could have been. All right, the other side of that coin now is Justin Fields, his trade value and all of that. We've heard from Robert Mays, Diana Rossini, Dan Graziano. The consensus as we leave Indianapolis now is that Justin Fields is not worth today what we maybe thought he was worth on Monday at this point. And I ask you guys, if the price of a Justin Fields trade, if the offers that Ryan Poles is getting are late thirds, maybe early fourths, Ugh. what are you doing? <laughs> I'm still what choice do you have? I'm still moving him. I, I'm not not going to move him because I'm not going to get what my asking price is. Um, I think there is value. I don't know what it's going to be. But I don't believe, as I said earlier, that they will find themselves in a scenario where Ryan Poles goes, I didn't get what I asked for, so we're just going to keep him. I don't believe that will happen. Can you do the sweetener for the second-round pick? Can you, like... Was it Finley who just said that? We've talked to so many people where can you, whether it's a conditional pick where based on playing time or... But that it, wouldn't it, be till next year. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's true, too. Or can you throw in, like, uh, Justin and a fifth or a second? You know what I mean? Like what we were talking about to get it to a first, can we do that to bump it to a second or something like that? Be interesting. I don't know what it's end up gonna you know what what end up is gonna happen, but I I I would be shocked if a deal wasn't made. I just I would, regardless of what the compensation is, I'd be shocked. You got to get two teams here. Yeah, right. That's be, the key. Yes, you got without get, a, without a, any leverage. Yeah. The, what hope do you have? Not a ton. Not if you're trying to maximize the return on the investment. Okay, among many of the interesting things that Robert Mays said, one of the things that stuck out to me in particular was him talking about Mike Evans and him being a potential pairing with the Chicago Bears. Obviously, you have to get into the price of all that stuff. We don't know exactly what his market value will be once we do hit free agency on March 11th, but how appetizing is Mike Evans in that receiving core with the Bears? I'd prefer Michael Pittman Jr., 
I, I, I listen. I, I think Mike Evans has had a brilliant career. Is Pittman uh, smaller? A smaller receiver? No, he's big. He's big. Yeah. How, he's big. How, how tall is Pittman? Six four. Oh, really? Guess, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's a big guy. I don't think he's as fast, straight line, fast as as Mike Evans. But he's much younger. Yeah, much younger. I, I mean, I, I would still. I don't. I don't know that I'd pay the premium for Mike Evans at this point. As much as I respect his career, I'd be much more willing to pay Michael Pittman Jr. I don't think it would cost you as much. I think Michael. I think Mike Evans is going to come with a premium based on his career, and I'm not sure at his age I'd be willing to to do that. And and not just that. And I don't know that this is just me speculating. I don't know how Michael or Mike Evans would really like playing in this climate late in the season. He has thrived in Tampa. Older body. Has had some muscle issues in the sure, past at times. That's an interesting scenario. So, and I, I just... Uh, that's as, as, as I said, as much as I respect his career, I just wouldn't pay a premium for him at this stage of his career. I would rather pay a premium for a pass rusher, for Daniil Hunter. Yes, me too. Uh, and, and then go out and draft a wide receiver either at nine or, in the, or if you get a second-round pick. I agree. I would, I would definitely vote for that myself. Um, our friends over at ESPN Milwaukee posed an interesting question saw earlier this tweet. today. I saw this tweet. So I didn't understand it, but go ahead. I, I think there was a, qu- a clarification. That yes, and, and, I, and I do want to run that both scenarios by you okay. guys. But um, so it asks, how, uh, who do you think Bears fans would rather have, Caleb Williams on a rookie deal or Jordan Love on a four-year, fifty million dollar deal? Now I don't know if they mean fifty million total. Or fifty mil a year, as it's written, I could I could definitely get on board with Jordan Love four years, fifty million total. Listen, that's twelve million. You know, that's twelve and a half million dollars a year as a quarterback. Definitely, I, I that's what I would choose. If you're telling me four years, fifty million a year, I'm probably going to roll the dice with Caleb Williams. Me too. Yes. What they clarify? They didn't clarify anything. That's just the way it got so sent let me, out. Let me see how this they wrote this. $50 million a year is basically 20% of your salary cap. Yeah, that, that's written as a four-year $50 million but deal. But as it stands, like, Jordan Love probably stands to make about $50 million a year in his next contract. Right, which is, yes. I get it, but my point to mm-hmm. you would be, I'd be willing to pay $50 million a year for a quarterback that had more than one year of experience mm-hmm. and one year of success. And I think he's really good. Hey, I, but I, I look, you know me. I think Jordan loves fake. I think he <laughs> proved it with that interception late against the 49ers. And uh, I will eventually win this argument. Okay. I'm going Caleb Williams. By the way, I got the Caleb. Can I play you this Caleb Williams sure. fight? This is Caleb Williams talking about who he models his game after. First he talks. This is what Joniak alluded to earlier, if you if you missed it, about um, like how he didn't play baseball. And then it, it, it gets into... Um, arm angles and stuff like that. Take a listen to Joniak. This is courtesy of NBC and uh, Pro Football Talk. I've seen people throw the football my whole <laughs> life. I've caught passes from Brett Favre and Dan yeah. Marino. Yeah. Man, you, you got that kind of arm, man. Thank you. When did you know you had that kind of arm? 
I'd say I knew when I was in the cul-de-sac in the neighborhood, yeah. tossing the ball across the cul-de-sac to the other other side um, with my dad. Did you play baseball growing up? Never played that? baseball. Never played baseball? Never in my life. That's shocking because yeah. you got some of that Mahomes delivery. Yeah. I, think it, I think it comes from swimming, being able to extend and have a good T-spine and things like that to be able to rotate and throw it in any position. You're famous for all your highlight plays, yeah. which are amazing. I mean, some of your scrambling one-arm throws and yeah. all that crap is incredible. But I was really impressed with like your mechanics in the pocket. Yeah, you can I tell work on both. You do, I right? Work really hard on both. You do really. Right now, I'm working on small, minute things, but the small, minute things turn into bigger things. Like what? Yeah, give like me some. Give us one thing. Some small is just mastering, master my throwing ability. Uh, it took Tom Brady years. It took Aaron Rodgers years. You know, for me, I'm working on some of that, finding my ways. We've done a couple biomechanical things uh, yeah. where they test and put a bunch of cameras around me and test where things are, comparing to to other QBs in the NFL. What quarterback did you idolize growing up? Aaron Rodgers. What was it about him that you were like? His ability to throw from any platform, whether he was in pocket, out of pocket, being able to place the ball exactly where he wants. A few of the Hail Marys were pretty cool. You know, just his moxie. It all sounds good. It all, I mean, that, that you got me, a grin on that, your that, face That made right me now. A, little, a little tingly. Yeah. Like, and again, like, I, what I've always loved about the great basketball players is that they get in the gym and they work on their game yeah. and that he he really wants to work at it. Yeah. It sounds like it. You know what I mean? I think it's what Jeff Joniak talked to us about. You know, you want to find someone who loves to play the game and it means something to them. And this isn't, this isn't a means to an end or a way to get wealthy. This is something that... That really is at the center of who they are. Yep. So that was a, a, another good uh, clip. And, and Florio tweeted out that his, like, if you had any doubts about who he was, he thought that his interview, and that was part of it, that it would sell you on him if you're the Bears. And, and that was a portion of it. So the good stuff there from uh, Pro Football Talk. Uh, all right. Is that Aki's A-list? I got one more okay. quick one for you. Let's Ro- do it. Roma Dunze was asked at uh, the media gathering today if he thinks he can land a plane. Did you see what his response was? Yeah, he said, uh, absolutely not. Everyone on board is dead. He said, absolutely not. We are going down. Yeah. All souls have perished. Yeah. Could you land a plane in an emergency? No. No. All souls will be perished. Unless I was being talked through it by, like, you know, yeah, like, but a tower. Yeah. Really, I like think even a, if I am being talked through like at a, a seven, tower, like, like a seven thirty-seven, probably not. But it would be I mean, easier than if I just walked in blank and saw his, you know, and tried to was, bring it did down. Did a football team ask him that? Like, as no, part no, of it one was of the uh, tr- oh. reporter. Okay, I yeah, thought yeah. this it was, was probably like, brags. Like, I thought this was like one of those trick football questions yeah. where the personnel boss wanted to know it, mm. and like they want a certain answer. Like, what would be the better answer? Is it to be truthful and to say no, I couldn't do it? Or is it to be better to say, well, I've got a can-do attitude, and I think I can land the plane? I think in a question like that. Um, okay, do you have some wiggle? Can you shake a defensive back? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah well, but they, you know these guys. I know. Yeah. Uh, is it better to be a cat or a mouse? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it a dog or a cat? You know, when, when, when you see a yellow light, what do you do? Do you speed up or slow down? Like, they've always are analyzing all those answers. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Very. Very weird. Very. very. Um, all right. Uh, coming up next, what to watch for. It's ESPN 1000. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. 
This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Waddle and Sylvie get you set for your weekend viewing with What to Watch For. That's right, What to Watch For is brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza. Uh, call our 10 right now. You win Connie's for the weekend. 332-3776. 312-332-3776. Call our 10 wins. Waddle, what are you watching for? Uh, something that's going to happen here tomorrow. That's the wide receivers working out. You can catch it on NFL Network. I believe Roma Dunze is going to to work out as well as some other wide receivers. So, uh, look, we're here to uh, to focus on the combine, and the Bears have the ninth overall selection. You may be able to identify someone that uh, the Bears will select at nine uh, with that wide receiver crew. So uh, that's what I'm going to be watching. I like it. I, I, I never gave this out, and I watched this movie, and I don't think we recommend movies enough these days. About three, four weeks ago, it's on Netflix. Have you guys heard of the movie The Hell? It's a baseball movie. I don't think so. I had not known the story, and it's based on a true story of a player named Ricky Hill. Ricky Hill was a player who uh, had disabilities growing up and still somehow made it to minor league baseball. And it's about him growing up as a baseball player. Really an inspiring movie. Uh, I enjoyed it a great deal. Um, so check that out. It's on Netflix. It's called The Hell. My What to Watch For is on Hulu. It's a show called Shogun. You may have seen some of the commercials for it, but from what I've heard, it's very similar to like Game of Thrones, except it's set in I, Japan. I saw the hi- or the uh, the uh, previews for it. It does look good. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but my I think my roommates watched the first two that are already out, and he said he really liked nice. it. Nice. Kevbo, Charlie, do you guys have something to watch for? Yeah, how about this college basketball slate tomorrow? Looking really nice. Gonzaga, St. Mary. we got a lot of ranked matchups. Bama, Tennessee, Gonzaga, St. Mary's. It's going to be a fun day tomorrow. Kansas, Baylor, Florida, South Carolina. A lot of gambling I mean, for you, right, Chuck lot, Yeah, a lot of shenanigans, you know. <laughs> Did you take the time. over in the Cubs-Sox game today, Charlie? No, it seems like I should have, though. Yes. I was, I was been wrong about this one. Yeah. Cabo, do you have anything? I do. Sunday night, live on pay-per-view. All Elite Wrestling Revolution, the final match of the legendary Sting. Wow. How old is Sting now? Sting is, I believe, 64. Wow, he's still in the ring. But yeah, and he's, he's crazy. He's jumping off balconies, doing all this wild stuff. It's great. Awesome. There you go. That's a that's that's a, a good one. That's a wide variety. That's too. well-rounded. We across the yeah, board. well-rounded. That's what we do. We did movies. We did Spread television shows. We did sporting events. We did wrestling. That's great. All right, uh, you're not considering wrestling a sporting event. I knew someone was going to buy. Right when I said it, I kind of wanted it back. (laughs) What to watch for? Brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza. Jim Miller, the former Bears quarterback, uh, does great work too on uh, the preseason games and uh, does a show on Sirius XM. He'll join us to talk quarterbacks coming up next.